the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about property investment do's and don'ts. So I always like to give a balanced view on this show, though I also like to summarise it down and be like, look, from our perspective and from our opinion, here are the basic do's and don'ts. If you want it all summarised down, this is the show for you. And we're not just going to go through some of the basics that we often talk about. We're also going to walk through some of the more surprising do's and don'ts. The ones that when we post about them on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram, we always get comments from people questioning them. Why do we have that specific opinion? So, I think for anybody who likes to have things broken down for them, this is the show for you. Also, anybody who's quite early stage, maybe you've just started listening to the podcast, I think this will be particularly interesting. So kick it off for us, Andrew. What are some of the basic do's that you always recommend for people? So the first basic do use a property manager and use a local one. So you want someone familiar with the area that you're investing in so that they can get the maximum rent, tell you if being unrealistic, be able to do inspections on the property all the time, be able to have contacts within the area if you need any maintenance done. So that's the first basic do. Second is create a cash flow and I recommend return on investment for every property you invest in and before you invest in it. So what you want to do is look at all the numbers, so all the costs, factoring in vacancy, maintenance, all those kind of things, but also what the capital growth looks like, look at what your entire return on investment is and actually we've got an amazing tool to help you do this, we'll link to that in the show notes. And the final basic do is explore all the options but don't overwhelm yourself. So do your own research, make sure you're going on Trade Me, make sure you're challenging all the information you're given to make sure that it is all valid and true and correct before you start investing making sure that you're going to make the right decision if you're investing half a million dollars plus easy in investment properties. You know, it is a big decision. And even if you borrow all of the money, you're still investing it. It's still Still, money that you're on the hook for. Still money you have to pay back. Exactly. Now, I want to talk about some of the basic don'ts before we get into some of the more hefty, the surprising do's and don'ts. I would say do not go and sell all of your existing properties in response to the government tax changes. Look, you need to run your numbers on them, but remember you do have four years of phased out interest deductibility. So the government have made some changes, but I would not be making a snap decision to say I'm going to go sell all of them straight away. Another one that's just very, very basic, do not look at the value of your property all of the time. So I would <laughs> absolutely do not log on to homes.co.nz or Property Guru if you've got that subscription and check it every month or every two weeks. It's going to move around it based on a couple of different factors, but you're not looking to sell your property or you're not looking to re-leverage your property all of the time in order to go and invest. It doesn't matter if the value's gone up 10K or down 10K. It doesn't matter whether it's gone up 50K or down 50K because you're not necessarily looking to make investment decisions or you're not looking to sell that property all of the time. You might look at it occasionally in order to say, well, hey, is it time for me to reinvest in property, go buy another one? But I would not be getting myself into a tizzy. I haven't used that word in so many years, but I would not be (laughs) getting myself into a tizzy about the value of this property because it's a long-term property investment-based decision. For someone that gets in a tizzy often, it's surprising you don't use that word. And actually, just a note on that as well, I know that certain apps, uh, banking apps, actually have a current value. ANZ, for example, has 
has that, you log in and it says current value based on core logic. Again, take that with a grain of salt because often that is the most basic of assessments around value and they can be quite misleading. I've seen numbers 2,000 out either way on properties. So just make sure that you are taking that with 2, a grain 000? of salt. 2,000? 200,000. 200,000. 200,000. 200,000. 200, 200, God, that would put me in a tizzy. <laughs> now, let's talk about some of the surprising do's. Oh, I think I'm going first on this one. Okay. So my first one is, and I suppose it's surprising that we'd say this, look, listen to people who aren't us. So I would not be making the Property Academy podcast your single source of truth about property investment, even though we do our best to give you the most factual information possible. Well, Ed gets it wrong sometimes. I would be definitely trying to get a rounded view because you can disagree with us. You can disagree with other people too. You don't have to take everything as gospel. So check out Tony Alexander, check out some of the things that the core logic guys are putting out around their data-based decision-making. I just would be making sure that anybody you're listening to, that they are basing it on fact and well-researched. They're not making generalizations and just saying things that kind of sound true, that they're backing it up. That's the one thing that I'd suggest. But you don't have to listen to just us. Yeah. The next one is using professionals and paying for them when you're doing renovations. So I know a lot of New Zealanders just like to get in there and do it themselves. My advice is don't do that. Pay a professional, get it done right the first time because you'll end up paying more in the long run if you do it yourself and you do a half-assed job. And that's somewhat surprising because when you go on social media, sometimes you see it in the Facebook groups that, you know, people are posting about there's something wrong with their vanity or their, how do I fix this? Tap? It's amazing. Just don't even worry yep, about yep. it. Look, another surprising do, and I, I bring this up because I get this question a lot. People say, Ed, how come you tell people not to invest in apartments? And I have to say, I say no such thing. I often talk about how apartments are lower capital growth and they tend to be over the long term, but certainly invest in apartments if they're the right fit for you, if you're willing to accept that trade-off between cash flow and long-term capital growth, because apartments can still work. And if you're able to purchase an apartment under value, get a great deal on it, then hey, go for it. Just be aware that you are making trade-offs and that you do want to be aware about things that could potentially go wrong with apartments. And if you're in Wellington or Auckland and your budget doesn't allow you to get into a house or a townhouse, but an apartment is an option, then obviously go with that option rather than doing nothing. The next one is don't pay down principal. And I know we've spoken about this over and over again on the podcast. Now with the tax changes, obviously it's slightly different, but Remember, these new changes are being phased in over four years. So there is still four years where there is tax advantages of paying down your own debt before you pay down investment debt. Now, the other thing is you want to create equity in your own house because you can borrow a higher percentage against your own house than you can on a rental property with LVR restrictions. So by paying down your own house first, that will give you more usable equity when you go to repeat the process of investing again. And just two things to pick up there. We always say don't pay down principal on your investment properties as long as you've got a personal mortgage Correct. because it's better to pay that down. Now, just let's dig into that LVR one because it's an interesting one. If you purchase an investment property with 100% lending against that property, then you have to pay off, assuming your property doesn't go up in value, but you have to pay off 40% of that mortgage before you can then borrow against that investment property. So what we're saying is assuming that your mortgage is less than 80% of the value of your personal home, 
then every dollar you pay off your personal mortgage is an extra dollar that you can borrow against investment properties. Whereas if you put that same dollar against an investment property mortgage where the LVR is over 60%, then you're not able to re-borrow that for another investment. Mm. Fascinating stuff. What's my next one on my list? My next one is don't just invest to get the highest yield. I I still see a lot of yield obsession in the property investment community where people just try and get really, really high yields and pretend like capital growth doesn't exist. And I see people say, I don't invest for capital growth. I understand that you, in some cases, might say, well, it's not a guarantee. But when you look back over a 20-year period, a 30-year period, a 15-year period, the gains from property investment, the big gains of all home ownership has always been in capital growth. You need cash flow to keep yourself afloat, but the big money comes from capital growth, and that tends to be the facts of life in property investment. So I would always suggest you don't just invest for the highest yield because it may not work out in terms of capital growth. I'd also suggest to you that your property doesn't necessarily have to work on day one in terms of paying down principal and interest. I see people say, oh, the numbers don't work when it's on a principal and interest mortgage as opposed to interest only. A couple of things for you to say is, look, most properties are not positively geared once you go P&I. There are some that will, but they don't have to be positively geared when put on P&I because most of them don't. And I just recommend that when people say the numbers don't work on P&I, that's not the same as it's negatively geared on P&I. Because if you're topping up a property by $100 a week when it's on P&I, that's okay because $200 might be going per week towards paying down debt. Now, that's essentially that property saving you $200 a week in that case because you're paying down debt, your equity's increasing over time. Yeah, that's right. The next one on my list is don't invest where you live. Now, this is a common mistake for people who are first-time investors. They go and buy the house across the street or next door because they're familiar with the area. Now, you want to be diversifying your investments and, you know, having one house in a neighbourhood and then buying the house next door, that's simply not doing that. And also, just remember, again, when we go back to the do's of using a property manager, you're not going to need to keep an eye on it yourself. And it's better sometimes not to because... If you keep an eye on it, you'll tend to get more involved than you need to be. So you'll start worrying that the lawns aren't being cut as regularly, all those kind of things, which really don't matter in an investment. And so if you give it to a property manager and you're buying outside of your area, then it's going to be a much more relaxing investment and you'll probably start repeating the process sooner than if you are getting too involved. Controversial one here, don't invest with the biggest developer or company necessarily. This is not always, but it can be a guiding rule. Something that I've certainly noticed over the last two years is that some of the best deals that have come across our desk have been from smaller developers, ones that you probably don't know about because they don't sponsor a rugby team and they don't have national marketing, but they might be a small developer who does four projects a year, total of perhaps 32 units. And so you're not being bombarded by them in terms of Facebook or TV advertising or on social media. I'm not necessarily saying the ones that you're seeing in your Facebook feed aren't good developers, but what I'm saying is some of the best deals we've seen have come from the small guys that you don't know about. Definitely. It's that big marketing budget that some of the big guys have to spend that gets passed on to you, I guess. The next one on my list is 
don't sweat the small stuff. And this actually came up from our team this morning where some people were concerned about buying an investment property which was nearby to a McDonald's. This is a true story, by the way. And and I thought it was a ridiculous comment because it really doesn't matter. The stuff that you think about sometimes when you're choosing an investment property is not something that someone's going to consider when you sell it in 15 years' time or when you rent it out. So yes, you do need to make some considerations about what's in the area, schools and stuff like that, but don't overcomplicate it. Properties will still go up in value, even if they're near a McDonald's. Don't sweat the small stuff, just get investing. I actually said to you as well, I think in the car, I said the fact that there's a McDonald's down the road will be a selling point <laughs> for some tenants. And this is actually the interesting thing. We just had our webinar with Ilsa Wolf, where there were a number of comments. She had added a couple of bedrooms to a property that had one kitchen, one bathroom. So it ended up being five bedrooms, one bathroom, one kitchen, one lounge. And some people during that webinar were saying, well, that's terrible. I, you know, I think it's totally unrealistic that a big family would only have one bathroom, one kitchen. But this family in Whangarei, it was in a relatively lower socioeconomic area. It was rented out to a big family. That big family only wants one bathroom. That big family only wants one lounge and one kitchen because if it had all the extra bells and whistles, a couple of extra en-suites, those kinds of things, it might be more expensive than they'd be able to afford. That property has a market and that's the key thing here. Don't look at property as if you were going to live in it and don't look at property as if it's going to meet your own standards of what you'd want because the thing is, you're not going to be the tenant. And I know that that's a basic don't, but we just need to keep drilling it because our standards of what we personally want to live in aren't necessarily what our tenants or our potential buyers in 15 years' time are going to be after. Ultimately, a good investment is one that works for the numbers. And price is such a big component when you're thinking about who you're going to rent it to. So all the extras add up and you've got to get a return on investment. One final do, do remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, we're coming up to where we actually will be doing our draw for those property investment dinners around the country. We are coming to Queenstown, Christchurch, Auckland and Wellington. We're going to take 10 of you out for dinner in each of these main centres as well as partners. We'll pay for the drinks, we'll pay for the food as well and we're just looking forward to having a good old chit chat and hearing about some of the stuff that you guys are up to. If you want to come along to those or get into the draw for that, here's the three things you got to do. Rate, review and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. We are at opus underscore partners and also share something to your social media feeds or stories. Screenshot that all and send it to podcast at opuspartners.co.nz. Let us know which city you're based in so we know which draw to put you in. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholas. I'm going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most. Until next time.